Hey there, Soul Family. Welcome to another episode of Evolving Consciously. My name is Holly and I know for sure that nothing happens by accident. This moment is happening very on purpose. So I invite you to really sink in with me as we weave our way through this conversation today so that the message your soul is searching for right now can land deeply with you. Here in this podcast, we have conversations on consciousness, helping you unbecome everything you're not, bringing you home to your wholeness so that you can live a completely authentic, soul-centered life. And today we're talking about life purpose, how to find it, how to know it, how to follow it, how to get on target with it, how to know when you're not on target, what's what's the purpose of it. Everything that you need to know to really begin getting on target with the whole reason you came here to this human experience. And I want to start by really addressing just some basic principles and philosophies that the whole of this uh, conscious conversation today will be based on. And I talk often about the process of unbecoming. I don't believe the process is about becoming anything because we already are everything we need to be. We already have the wisdom that is necessary for what we were sent here for. But what happens is along the way, society has programmed us against that. And so the process is more about unbecoming everything you're not, buying out of all the identities you've bought into. And once you do that, you find exactly who you are. And that person, that that soul already has everything it needs to not only find its life purpose, but to live it and to serve it. And so let's just cover some basics around consciousness. I believe that we all came here to this human experience for the purpose of evolving. I believe we all choose our parents, the life, and all the circumstances that would give us the experiences that would be necessary for that expansion. So we, we came to this human experience going, you know, I'm coming here for a particular level of, of expansion within my soul. And in order to get that expansion, I need to be given experiences that challenge me, that cause pain, that force me to grow and understand differently so that I can move to higher levels of consciousness and in the process evolve as a soul. And so we ask for the parents and the life that will give us precisely the experiences that we will need in order to gain that that, uh, expansion that we're coming here for. So before you arrived, you chose it all. You had what I call a birth vision that, you know, I believe that we're all part of a a soul group. you know, it's, I want you, let me explain what I mean by a soul group. I want you to imagine it like this. This is how, and when I say it's not even a belief of mine, this is something that I remember. I have memory and, and you do too. Okay. Um, about coming to this human experience. Uh, you just need to be open to that before you can find that memory. But here's how I explain it. I want you to imagine that, you know, back in the other realm or in heaven or whatever it is you call that, that um, the afterlife, the pre-life, whatever it might be, back in that other realm, there's a group of us that I call a soul group. And, and we all share the same mission with regards to our impact that we would need to have on earth. It's like being an astronaut that's part of 
you know, a group of astronauts that all have the same mission to land a man on the moon or to send a man to that particular uh, planet, whatever it might be. So we all have the same vision. Um, and what happens is it's exactly like being an astronaut where, where someone has to, has to put their hand up. The group have the vision, but one person has to put their hand up and go, I'll do it. I'll be the one to take the journey. I'll get in the rocket. I'll take the journey. But here's what I know. I know that the whole time that I'm on that journey, I, I am connected to everyone back home who are able to guide me, who are able to see things on the screen that I can't see, who are able to give me perspectives on where I am in, in space and time, what decisions I need to make and, and to keep me safe. I will be guided by everyone that is back home that share the same vision as me, but aren't necessarily on the mission this time. I'm the one that's chosen to take that mission. And all that I have to do in order to receive the messages from back home, from everyone that can send me messages as to what I need to do with this whole experience is I need to make sure my radio is turned on. That's all I need to do. And for as long as I've got my radio turned on and I can connect from the, from the rocket back, back to the NASA base camp or whatever it might be, uh, I can receive instructions. And this is what happens with our soul. We're part of a soul group. We all share a vision. But for whatever reason, you were the one that put your hand up and said, I'll take it. I, I'll, I'll go to earth. I'll take the journey. I'll get in the rocket and I'll take the mission. But I know that the whole time I'm on this mission and I'm going down to earth to create the impact that, that earth needs me for and us for, I will be connected to back home. I can tune in at any time just by by turning on my radio in order to receive a message from back home from the soul group that can give me messages and instructions on what to do next and guide me as to whether I'm on the right path, whether I'm getting off target, etc, etc. So I believe that's how it works. It's just that we forget that and we we turn off those radios and we, we stop receiving instruction. It's always available. All we need to do is turn the communication system back on and we'll get given our next instruction. So before you arrived here, you chose it. And that's something that really helps with, with uh, you know, with evolving and with growing as a soul is that no matter what your situation is, just remember, I chose this. This was the, not necessarily the exact circumstance you chose, but you chose the lessons that you were coming for that would give you the expansion you needed. And you, therefore, the universe then creates this, the, the, the perfect circumstances to give you the expansion that you came for. Now, here's the thing. You weren't afraid of these lessons because you knew that you had been equipped with what I call an internal guidance system. It's a blue, its blueprint was your birth vision and your purpose for being here. So you weren't afraid of the lessons that you were coming here to learn because you knew that there was a blueprint on your soul that would know exactly what it's coming here for, know what to do. And you knew you would always have the ability to connect to the soul group that would help guide you. But society programmed you against this very guidance system. And we began to use our minds rather than our spirit. And in the process, we became a mind-made self, which isn't our real self. It's the ego's version of self. We've become a mind-made self. But here's the thing with regard to the process of unbecoming. Deep below it all, you have a memory. 
And if this is resonating with you right now, something's really bringing all your attention to this moment. That is your soul group reaching out to meet you, to, to send you your instruction, to say, this is your message. This is the next instruction. The closer you get to it, the more you know it. The closer you get to your purpose and your, your, your birth vision, the more you know it. The only experiences, and this is the downside, uh, and when I say it's a downside, it's only perceived as a downside by humans, by the mind, by the mind-made self. The soul never sees the downside. The soul knows the purpose in all of it. But the only experiences that help us get closer to it, to our purpose, are those of pain. Pain gets our attention. Pain is necessary. It's the most effective form of bringing your consciousness to the layer that needs to be removed. A belief system that belonged to the mind-made self, not your real self. So pain is the beginning and the process of your awakening. Pain becomes the point from which we expand. So to begin with, we just need to be open. You know, pain teaches us lesson that our, that our pride won't allow us to learn. And I did an entire show just on the rewards of pain. I'm not going to cover that again today, but if you haven't already heard that, just go back and find that, find that show. It's called the seven rewards of pain. And, you know, I discussed for 30 minutes, you know, what, what the purpose of pain is. And as soon as you are open to receiving that message, you begin to get uh, a deeper awakening and you start to find what it is you're here. So I believe that each one of us is sent here on assignment. You are on assignment. You don't just get put in a rocket and sent to the moon. You're on assignment with exactly what the whole point of going to the moon is. It's not just about getting to the moon. It's about doing something on that moon or creating that great leap for mankind or whatever it might be. So your assignment is a problem that you are assigned to solve. You are a solution to somebody. You are a, you're a reward to somebody. Someone needs you. You are necessary to somebody. And I explain this, my, my, my mentor you know, taught me this analogy. I remember the first time I heard this and it, it, it arrested my spirit. I, I felt it so deeply. And that is this, the fruit is never for the tree. This is why I believe we have, we can't just know that we have a, a life purpose. We have a responsibility for working out exactly what that, what that is. And then we have an obligation once we know what our purpose is, we have an obligation to use our purpose, to use our gifts to serve the masses. Why? Because the fruit is never for the tree. Your gift is not for you. It is for the benefit of the people who will feed from your tree. See, if you don't discover your gift and your life purpose, it's not even you that misses out because you can still access the fruit that is made available to you by other people making their gifts available. You can still go and nourish your soul and grow your spirit and, and, and and, you know, get inspired by accessing the fruit that other people have developed in their lives, the gifts that they make available. You still get what you need by eating not from your own fruit. You eat from the fruit of other people. So if you don't find what your gift is and your purpose, it isn't even you that misses out. There is someone that needed the nourishment of your fruit, your message, put the way that you put it. You know, so many... There are many of us that share a similar message, but each of us have a different way of, of, of 
reaching the right person with that message. So you see, you never see the apple tree eat the apple. You never see the lemon tree eat the lemon. Why? Because the fruit is not for the tree. It is for the benefit of those who will feed from that tree. Your gift is not for you. It is for the benefit of those who will feed from your tree. So your first responsibility for being here in this human life experience is to discover, not even to discover, to do the work on unbecoming so that you can remember. This is not a process about learning what you're here for. You already know it. You have just got layers on top of you that have programmed you against it. And so I want to share with you today, how do you know, you know, what are the clues to your assignment? This is some information I learned from Dr. Mike Murdoch and, and again, you know, it really helped me on my path. And so I want to share this with you today. How do you know what the, how do you even begin? Where do you even start? Because quite often you'll know, um, you go through a process that I call transition. Transition is a process where you don't know exactly where you want to go. You don't know what's next for you, but you do know where you can no longer stay. You do know what's not for you. You don't know what is for you, but you know what is not for you. So, you know, how, how do you know you're on the right path and what dream belongs to you? Not just what dream. How do you know what path, what decision, what partner, what career belongs to you? Here's the answer to that. You are never put in a position to betray yourself. If you are on the path, if you are with the partner, if you are in the career, if you are making the decision, whatever it might be, that is meant for you, that belongs to you, you're never put in a position to betray yourself. You don't ever have to negotiate your sense of integrity. So when you find the path that, is, that was designed for you, when you were on target with the assignment that you came here to answer, it will never cost you what I call the three Ps. And I want you to listen real carefully because, you know, this can be a moment that isn't just a bit of information. It becomes a transformation if you not only hear it, but you receive it. So I call it the three Ps, okay? The path that belongs to you will never cost you the three Ps. And they are, it will never cost you your power. It will never cost you your psyche. And it will never cost you your peace. So anywhere in your life, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in a career, uh, you know, whether it's uh, you're in the process right now of making a decision as to what's next for you, anything. If your current situation anywhere in your life is costing you your power, making you feel powerless and helpless and hopeless, then you are not on target. You are on the wrong path. And that's why the universe puts you in a situation where it feels so terrible and, and, it, and it sends you experiences to awaken you, to cause pain for you, to get your attention. The universe, if you're not, you, you might be in a job, let's say, that you're good at. But you see, good is the enemy of great because when something feels good and we're good at something, we settle. And the goodness steals us and keeps us away from our greatness. And so sometimes you, you're good at what you do. I'm not saying you have to have a terrible, bad life. Your relationship feels good. But, but good 
is the enemy of great. And so sometimes the universe has to go, yeah, like it feels good, but it, it's not enough. I, I hunger for more. Like, you know, and then we get guilty. We go, you know, how bad am I to, to want more? Like my life is great. I've got this and I've got this and I'm grateful for that. And, you know, then we, we create, we've been taught by society that, that we should be grateful for what we've got and, and, and to not want more. But life always wants to give you more. And so the reason the universe can't allow you to settle where you're at, you can't find that fulfillment and that happiness that allows you to, to find peace and you feel like you're losing your power is because the universe is trying to get your attention. It's saying, hey, I can't, I can't let that job feel great to you. I can't let that be enough because it's not the path you were designed for. Yes, you're good at it, but that's not where, you, that's not where you'll find your greatness. That's only where you find your goodness. There is so much more to you. And that's why even though everything seems good and you just got a promotion and you get pats on the back all the time and your relationship feels good, there's something that makes you hunger for more. That's a clue. So, I want to run through um, exactly, you know, how to how to uh, pay attention to the clues, how, how to identify the clues that are showing up in your life, not just to the things that you're able to do while you're here in this human experience, but that answer the assignment that is on your life. And this, I, as I said earlier, I learned this from Dr. Mike Murdoch, and it's something that ever since, it, you know, I learned it, I've, I've wanted to teach it, and I felt like that was a message that wasn't just meant for me. It was meant for me to, you know, to live those principles so that I could then go out and just as passionately as I heard it from him, I can teach it myself. So here's the three clues, the three signposts to your assignment. Number one, what you love. What you love is a clue to the gifts and the wisdom that you contain to complete your assignment. Love is the map to your wisdom. For example, when you have a love for children, a special wisdom begins to grow and develop in you for children. You understand children in a way that no one else does. You begin to understand their fears, their tears, their desires. That's something that personally happened for me. You know, I, I can listen, I can be sitting on an airplane and I can hear a baby cry and I know exactly, I don't know what it is. There's this special wisdom in me. I've never read a book about it. I've never been to any kind of course to learn it, but I know what's wrong with that baby you know I the mother thinks that it's hungry or the mother thinks maybe its ears are hurting but I but I know no the baby's just hot you need to take some clothes off it or I don't know or, or the baby's got a pain or I don't know what it is or how I do it but I know that and that's how I knew that, you know, that was something to do with my life purpose, which is why I personally launched my powerful parenting brand. And now I teach that to so many parents around the world. You know, for you, it might be something else. It might be animals. When you have a love for animals, you develop an intuition, a special wisdom for their behavior. You can sense what they are feeling. So many people love animals, right? It doesn't mean that you're the only person that, that loves an animal. Sure, everyone else might love the animal. But there's something different about it for you. You have a, a special wisdom to understand that animal. When you need wisdom in your marriage, love for your mate, love for your partner must be birthed 
first okay wisdom is the product of love what you love you will have a special wisdom for so pay attention what are the things you love because society taught you you know that oh you don't make enough money doing that or you know oh there's no one out there that ever really wants that or and so maybe you even forget what you love maybe you you've you've switched off so much because you got taught not to focus on your love, not to focus on your special wisdom, but to focus to find something where there's an audience that can pay you money. And maybe in your career, you know, success was defined by uh, what rank you could reach or what income you could earn. And so rather than following the wisdom of your soul that, that came here with you on the, on, as the blueprint of all that you are, instead, you started trying to find the paths that society said would make you good enough, that, that would give you a approval and love from the people you wanted it from most your parents you know your peers so here's what happens love births persistence when you love something you give birth to an extraordinary tenacity determination and persistence it's it's when you have a love for something, your ability to stay at it, your ability to persist with it is so much more than something that you're just good at. Okay. So find what you love and build your daily agenda around it. Okay. Sameness creates comfort. Difference creates reward. I love that quote it's from Dr. Mark Murdoch himself. Sameness creates comfort. Difference creates reward. Don't be the same. Don't be the same. Same as lame, right? Be different. Discern your gifts. Identify your difference. What makes you unique? Go back to what, not what am I good at? Get rid of that thought. What do I love? What are the things I love? And I love so much. I have this, this natural desire for this persistence. I could do it all day, even if I never got paid. And I have this special wisdom for it. And maybe it was something from when you were a child. For some people, I was talking to somebody just the other day. And, we, you know, it took us 45 minutes to peel all the layers around trying to find what it was that she loves. And it turns out, you know what she loves? She loves food. She loves cooking. But in her mind, because she comes from a European background, and, you know, that culture is very much built around, around food. Uh, to her, she just thought that the reason she loves food is because that's what she's meant to do because she's the wife and she's supposed to cook and she's supposed to entertain and she's supposed to make the meals. And the reason I love it is kind of because I was always taught to love it and my family always had, you know, uh, it always felt like love because family would come together around food. But so she never gave herself the, but I said to her, but, but how do you put together a dish like you do? I've seen your photos on Facebook. How do you dress it the way you dress it? How do you know that that flavor goes with that flavor? Like, what, which book did you read that in? She said, I've never really read a book. I just, I, I said, how do you know what, you know, what, to make that dish or that salad? How do you know what sauce to put in there or what flavor to add and what not to add and what herb to use and not to use? How do you know that? Which book did you read that in? Did you learn that from? She said, I've never really read a book. I said, see, it's a special wisdom. It's something you have that someone else doesn't have. And now only a week with that clarity, the instant shift it gave her, it's like her soul felt like it was coming back home. She, she, she wrote me a message the next day going, I can't explain the lightness I feel in myself since I allowed myself to even, even remotely believe that maybe I'm here to teach people how to nourish themselves through food and to, and to make food something more than just what we have to do for survival. And the excitement and the life that was birthed in her in that moment, 
is something that doesn't happen in the next person who might be a really good chef, has been in food all their life, but it's just a job. It just pays bills. They did it because they kind of like food, but they don't have that special wisdom. So start paying attention to what is it you love because what you love is a clue to the gifts and the wisdom that you already contain. You do not need to learn in order to complete your assignment that you came here for the second clue what you hate what you hate is a clue to something that you are assigned to correct you can only conquer something that you hate anger is passion hate makes us angry when we hate something think about it we go to a new level on it we 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 can't settle for it we feel like we have to change it we we kept awake at night you know we wake up with like this burn in us to to make that different anger is passion have you ever wondered why others were not angry about the same situations that infuriated you? Infuriated. See, anger is a clue to your assignment. The three wisdom keys in understanding anger is that number one, you cannot correct what you are unwilling to confront. You can only correct what you're willing to confront. Number two, anything permitted will increase. Anything that is allowed will continue and what continues expands. And so the reason you got sent here with a deep level of anger and infuriation and hate around that situation is because you are the person that just can't handle it anymore and you don't care what it's going to take, but you will not settle for that anymore and you are the one that creates change. Nothing changes until someone hates it the way it is enough. The person who doesn't like it but can tolerate it doesn't change it. It's the person who hates the situation so badly they, they don't even care what the sacrifices are. They don't, even, they, they don't even pay any regard to the consequences. They just have to change it because what you can tolerate, you cannot change. You cannot change what you can tolerate. It the person who creates change is the person who cannot tolerate it. And the reason you can't tolerate it is because of how deeply you hate it. What you hate is a clue to something that you are, are assigned to correct. But you see, here's what happens. Society taught us that anger is wrong, that you shouldn't be angry about things and that hating something is bad. And that if you hate something, you're a bad person. Well, actually, you're not because that's one of the, that, that's something that's inbuilt in you. And that's why we always have to override it. And your anger is important. Pay attention to what makes you angry. It just needs an appropriate focus. It, that's all it needs. An angry man is an awakened man. An angry person is an awakened person. Only an angry person can change the mind of the unconcerned. Anger alone cures apathy. All right, focused fury is the key to change. So think about it. What is it, you, what is it that you hate? What makes you angry? The third signpost to your assignment is what grieves you. So what you love is a clue to your assignment. What you hate is a clue to your assignment. And what grieves you is a clue to something that you are assigned to heal. I'll give you an example. So we can all feel a bit sad about things. You know, I feel sad. I mean, if I was to think about it, you know, it, it, I think it's sad that there are children in the world that are starving and, you know, people, are, you know, let's say, for example, women or people that are being traumatized and abused and raped and all these kind of things. That, that's sad, but it doesn't grieve me. 
you know why it doesn't grieve me? Because I am not called to that. That is not my calling. What grieves me is, is the children who have their self-worth, who are robbed of their self-worth, who are not believed in, who are spoken to in ways that teach them that they are not enough. That, that even right now, that, that makes me instantly emotional. Why? Because that is what, it, it doesn't just hurt me. It doesn't just annoy me. It doesn't just feel a bit sad to me. It grieves me. My heart is cold to that. So I ask you, pay attention. What is it that grieves you? Tears talk. Whatever makes you weep is a clue to something that you were created to heal. Compassion is a signpost. And caring qualifies you as an instrument of healing the fact that you don't just you don't just care you care so deeply you feel like it's your responsibility to fix it you are you're being called to that what grieves you is it battered wives is it abused or molested children is it ignorance is it disease is it poverty is it pornography is it abortion is it immunization is it homelessness i don't know just ask yourself what is it what makes you what 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 makes you cry because what makes you cry is a clue to a problem that you are not only called to you have been anointed to change to conquer and to heal some of your experiences were given to you to awaken this so quite often you know it, it, it's it's it, it is by no mistake that the people who end up you know um healing the world of people who have been abused and sexually molested were sexually molested themselves. That the people who were, who were able to help people heal from their abandonment are people that were abandoned themselves. So quite often we are given, you know, I feel as a child that there were so many parts of me that were robbed, that I, that I was robbed of, that I wasn't taught to believe in myself. And this is why it so deeply grieves me that you know, that parents even even try to, to parent by default, that they think that, you know, just because I've given birth to a child that I know how to raise it. But all we do is we raise it the only way we know how and the only reason we know how is the way that we were raised. But if we raise our, you know, the next generation the same way we were raised, we do nothing other than produce another generation of the same injured souls. And so, you know, for me, the experiences I went through as a child, and my, my parents were amazing, by the way. I mean, it was definitely not intentional, but the, their inability because of their own life's journey, uh, put, you know, put me in a situation where I never felt believed in. I always felt like I had to prove my worth and that whatever I did was never enough. And, and that is why now I have uh, a special gift in the way that I can teach that. And so what is it that you've been through? How, is it cancer? Is it abandonment? Is it abuse? Is it physical abuse or sexual abuse? Is it poverty? Have, have you ever been homeless? Sometimes, well, if not always, the reason that we are given that, experiences, that experience is to awaken that purpose in us. That's why we're given it. Because when you've experienced it, you are already qualified to teach and to heal with it. You're already. So what grieves you? What saddens you? What is it that moves you to tears? Pay attention to this because all of this, all of this is your internal guidance system that's putting you on target with your purpose. So to summarize today, remember, you might be in a situation of transition. Transition is I don't know where I want to go. I don't know where I'm headed next, but I do know where I can no longer stay. I do know, I don't know where I do belong, but I do know where I don't belong.
and and how do you know whether the path you're on is the path that belongs to you because if you're on the right path you will never be put in a situation to betray yourself if you are put in a situation to jeopardize your own integrity to um you know to have to negotiate your your own truth then that is not that you are not on the path that belongs to you okay if 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 any situation you're in right now costs you the three p's your power your psyche or your peace you're being called to give your attention to something else that is meant for you and how you do that is by looking out for your three signposts to the assignment that is on your life. At any moment, you have the ability to connect that radio station, to turn on that, that radio system, and to connect with your higher self, with God, with the universe, with your soul group, whatever it is that you call that energy that is able to guide us and give us direct and clear instruction on what it is we do next. But you know, living life this way, it's absolutely not easy. It takes a whole lot of courage to be conscious because it, in order to be conscious, we must, first, we must first have the courage to admit to ourselves and to take responsibility for knowing we're not on the right path and that maybe there is more and maybe I'm not fulfilling the whole reason I came here, which is why we can't settle for what feels good. So please, don't ever leave anywhere the same person you were when you got there. Allow courage to be the number one value in your life. And as you, know, as you depart from here today, take courage with you. Just use your courage. If you wish to, if you wish to connect with me, you can um, connect with me through my website, thehollyeffect.com. Uh, obviously, or through Facebook, and I have a couple of Facebook groups that would be great for you to you know, come and join and be a part of a community that, that creates an environment where it feels safe to go on this journey yourself. Unbecome-spiritual expansion is the name of the Facebook group, or you can connect me uh, with me or follow me personally on Facebook, Holly Noonan. Noonan is spelled N-U-N-A-N. Um, and um, really, my message today is please depart from here with courage the courage to believe in a better way, the courage to voice what you've got to say, the courage to thrive when times are tough, and above all else, the courage to know you are good enough.